You're listening to the Faith Matters Podcast with Steve McKinley. Hello and welcome back. I want to explore the question of where is Mary? Well, it depends on where you look. And there are many different places we could look and many different people we could ask. But I always like to start with the Bible because the Bible is God's word and the Bible is the basis of our faith. And so the Bible is the primary document. It is the primary source of our information of uh, events in the first century and uh, everything that we could talk about for our life of faith. And we find Mary uh, in the Gospels and specifically the birth narratives about the birth of Jesus. And actually there are about seven different uh, women in the Bible that go by the name of Mary. But if we just look at um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, we find her mentioned a handful of times in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke um, that uh, give the uh, accounts of the birth of Jesus. And uh, besides that, we find her in just a few places. For example, Matthew uh, chapter 12, verses 46 through 50. And uh, here she's mentioned, this is during Jesus' uh, adult ministry, and Mary and uh, Jesus' other brothers come to look for Jesus. And so here we have uh, Mary mentioned, and it says, uh, While he talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. They're saying, hey, your mother and your brothers showed up. They're outside. They want to talk with you. And what is Jesus' response? He says, but he answered and said unto him that told him, who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven... The same as my brother and sister and mother. And so Jesus wasn't trying to redefine the nuclear family here or to disown his mother and his brothers, but what he was doing was using the physical nuclear family to teach a spiritual truth. And in Jesus' ministry, he often used uh, physical realities to teach unseen spiritual truths, and he was using his family here to teach about who his true spiritual family is. And so it wasn't his it wasn't confined or restricted to his mother and his physical brothers. He stretched out his hand to his disciples and said, "These are my mother and my brothers. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my mother uh, my brother and sister and mother," he said. And so there are a few incidences like this uh, in the Gospels. And besides that, uh, we don't see too much more of Mary. She does show up in in uh, Acts, and Acts, um, as I've said before, is the history book of the New Testament. And in Acts chapter 1 and verse 14, we find that Mary is waiting along with Jesus' brothers and the eleven disciples in Jerusalem in an upper room, um, waiting for Jesus' promise 
um, that the Holy Spirit would come, and he came on the day of Pentecost. And so there's just a little note here in Acts chapter 1 and verse 14 that says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Now, in fact, this is the very last mention of Jesus, or I'm sorry, of Mary in the New Testament. We don't hear, we don't read anything else about Mary in the New Testament. What we find is that Mary was simply the vessel that God chose to bring his son, Jesus Christ, into the world. And uh, Jesus, of course, was the God-man. There was something very special about Jesus, but uh, Mary was the human vessel that God chose to bring him into the world. And so, humanly speaking, there was nothing special about Mary. Mary was just like other women, Uh, and uh, she was a devout young virgin, and she was espoused to a devout young virgin, Joseph. And they had plans to be married and start a family. Um, when uh, Mary, Mary was informed that she would have this child from the Holy Spirit. And so uh, Mary was chosen to be the vessel to carry, uh, to bring into the world uh, the God-man, Jesus Christ. And she also had a cousin, Elizabeth, who happened to be married to Zechariah, a priest, And they had a son named John, who became known as John the Baptist, who became the forerunner of Jesus the Messiah. And so in the birth narratives of Matthew and Luke, where we read about the birth of Jesus, Mary plays a prominent role. She is um, front and center. But then she simply fades into the background, and no more mention is made of her in Scripture. And so just to fill you in about how the New Testament is laid out, in case you don't read the Bible or in case you don't know, the New Testament um, has four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the Gospels tell about the birth uh, and then the, the ministry of Jesus while he was here on earth. And after the Gospels, we have the book of Acts. And Acts is the history book of the New Testament Acts, uh, which stands for the Acts of the Apostles, really really tells about how the apostles and all of their associates went about uh, the known world there in the first century, establishing the New Testament church. They went all over. They first established the church at Jerusalem, then at, then at Antioch, and elsewhere. And so Acts is the history book of the New Testament. And then after Acts, the the remainder of the New Testament consists of letters to individuals and churches. And we refer to these as the epistles. So we have the four Gospels, we have Acts, and the whole whole rest of the New Testament um, contain epistles to churches and individuals. And so as we peruse the New Testament... And by the way, I just got done uh, reading the New Testament um, there in December. I just got done reading both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so I have recently read through these things. And as we read through these, looking for Mary, we do find her. 
mentioned, especially in Luke and Matthew, which have the um, birth narratives of Jesus. Uh, but then after that, we have this one reference to her in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, and then nothing. We, As we read through the New Testament, after we get past the birth uh, stories or narratives, we all but forget about Mary. Uh, Mary is nowhere to be found, and for sure, Mary was not a concern to the apostles when it came to the life of faith. And so the, the epistles, these letters in the New Testament, they lay out for us um, everything we need to know about, how, about receiving eternal life, about living the new Christian life, about new life in Christ, um, about how we go about establishing and organizing and operating a New Testament church. And in all of that teaching that the apostles gave us, so important for the life of faith, Mary is not even a thought. And so we ask, where is Mary? She, she's nowhere to be found in the epistles, and it's as if the apostles have forgotten all about her. Probably not that they forgot about her because she was the mother of Jesus, but just not that she was... They just didn't think that she was important for the life of faith. She didn't. She didn't. Um, she didn't earn a place in the New Testament that's important for the ongoing ministry of uh, the New Testament church. And uh, I have a um, dictionary series, the Anchor Yale Bible Dictionary. It's a voluminous dictionary and commentary set. Uh, it's a long series with contributors representing Jewish, Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, Protestant, Muslim, and secular, secular contributors. So in other words, the Anchor Yale Bible Dictionary isn't written from one particular camp within Christianity. It's written broadly, many different contributors, both inside and outside Christianity, and when we go look up the entry for Mary, the mother of Jesus, it's short. You know, we can scroll down through there, and it's it's actually pretty short. There's just not that much original source material about Mary to draw from, and so there's not too much to say about Mary. And just by comparison, if we look up Abraham... And we think about Abraham in Scripture. Abraham is a prominent figure in much of the book of Genesis, and uh, he's mentioned fre frequently throughout Scripture. And so if we look up Abraham, the entry for Abraham in the Anchor Yale Bible Dictionary, and we scroll down, we see that the entry for Abraham is much, much longer. And so apparently when it comes to our faith, Abraham is vastly more important than Mary. In fact, Abraham is mentioned 69 times in the New Testament. That's not even counting the Old Testament or the Genesis mentions of Abraham. In the New Testament, he's mentioned 30, I'm sorry, 69 times. And in the epistles, he's mentioned 31 times. And so judging by the biblical data, if we're just considering the Bible, we can make this conclusion that Abraham is extremely important for our faith. 
Abraham sets the pattern. He is the example of the life of faith for us. And so as we live the life of faith today, we're really following in the footsteps of Abraham, who was the first um, uh, man of faith, as we know him. So Abraham is extremely important for our faith. Mary, she is not important for our life of faith. We're not saying that Mary wasn't important at all because she was the mother of Jesus. But as concerns our faith and as concerns the operation of the church, the apostles are silent on her. And so we conclude that Mary is not important for the life of faith or for the functioning of the church. And as I said, it matters. The answer to the question really depends on where you look. It matters where you look. And I tend to look first at the Bible, but we could also look at the Catholic Church and look at the Catholic Catechism. And it's no secret that when we think of Mary, most people automatically think of the Catholic Church. And that's because the Catholic Church has placed Mary front and center in their life of faith. And a good place to check is the Catholic Catechism. And so if we just peruse the Catholic Catechism, we find that Mary's name appears around 180 times in the, in the Catholic Catechism. That's a lot. 180 times Mary is mentioned in the Catholic Catechism. If we look at the name of Abraham in the Catholic Catechism, Abraham is mentioned 44 times. And so just the just so that we can put this into perspective, I made up a little chart here and you can look at this chart. There are two columns. One column is the Bible, that's the column on the left, and the column on the right is the Catholic Catechism. And the Bible mentions Abraham some 170 times or so. And that's in the blue that you see in the column there. Mary, she's not mentioned much, um, a handful of times, and that's the orange that you see there. However, if you look at the Catholic Catechism, it's exactly the opposite. Abraham, not really mentioned much, 44 times, but Mary, a whopping 180 times, vastly more than the Bible even mentions Mary. And so, we can note that the catechism doesn't mirror God's word, the Bible. It actually severely skews what's in the Bible. So apart from the catechism, though, we don't have to just stick with the catechism. It's obvious that the Catholic Church venerates and adores and prays to, even worships, Mother Mary. And this is no secret even as I make my way around Navin, I can see shrines to Mary in many places, and I see statues and pictures of Mary all over the place. And so we go back to our question. We're still left with the question, where is Mary? And if we consult God's word, we see that Mary is among the great saints of the Bible and that she played an important role with the birth of Jesus. And right now, Mary is in heaven with all the other great saints of the Bible, like Abraham, gathered around the throne of God and worshiping 
him. However, if we consult the Catholic Church, Mary is front and center, and she's an object of worship. She's practically divine. And so where did the Catholic Church get this idea of Mary? Certainly not from the Bible and not from the apostles. And so it's not a Christian idea that the Catholic Church has of Mary. It comes from somewhere else. And so we have to wonder, where did the Catholic Church get their concept of Mary from? Certainly not from the Bible. Well, I'll address this more next week. So until then, have a blessed week. Read your Bible, and I will see you next time. Oh